on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, Radio, Utica, Rome. What's up, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. You can listen wherever you are, wherever you go, whatever you do, on the ESPN app. And uh, boy, we got another gorgeous day for it. We have just been on a great run weather-wise. I know it's going to rain a little bit maybe tomorrow afternoon and could get some wind-damaging storms tomorrow, so keep an eye on your uh, favorite local weather forecaster. Mine is uh, Wayne Mahar, except uh, that one day of the year when my hockey team plays his hockey team on the streets, the mean streets of Syracuse in front of the War Memorial. Other than that, Wayne's my man. So uh, other than that, the weather's just been absolutely gorgeous, and you need to get outside and do things in that weather. So take us with you while you do it. The radio's a great way to do that. But if you want to go beyond that, use your smartphone and keep in touch with the show. The ESPN app is the best way to do it. So what you do is you download the app, just the regular ESPN app. It's free. Find the Listen tab and then find us, either ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome. We're both there. And you can take us with you to the beach, to the softball game, to the golf course, wherever you're going. We would love to go with you. Except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Great to be back here. Had yesterday off. I took yesterday off to take my daughter to the Imagine Dragons concert, which uh, I will give my unsolicited review of the entire Lakeview Amphitheater experience a little later on this hour. Mostly positive, I'd like to add, by the way, a couple of nitpicks. Some picks to knit, as they say, that we'll get into, but uh, mostly a, a a great experience, including the weather. And I mean, once you get into the amp and you're there, it is one of the great places to just hang out and kick back, relax, listen to some live music in, you know, not only central New York, but a lot of places. So we'll get to that. That's why I was not here yesterday. Hope uh, you had great weekends and all that fun stuff. It's kind of a weird week. So I'm going to be here today. I will be here tomorrow. I will not be here Thursday. But I will be back on Friday, all right? Just so you know, kind of a, a three out of five ain't bad kind of week for the Axe Man, right? Yep, summertime, man. Start slowly but surely taking some days off. I have a event going on Thursday, which is why I won't be here. It's a great event, by the way. We're having a high school award show at the Landmark Theater, uh, not us here at ESPN, at Syracuse.com. High school athletes, 
parents of high school athletes, come, be there. You don't have to be any of those things. Just just come and watch the show. It's kind of an ESPYs-inspired high school sports event. We're going to give away awards. There's going to be a great performance by the Buffalo Bills drumline. It's going to be a great time. So that's where I'll be Thursday, being the MC of that event. So I will not be here then. But we're here today, ready to take your calls, ready to dive in on a number of things. We have two guests that will join us today. My good friend Seth Everett, traveling the world, doing interesting things, talking to interesting people. Also, our MLB insider, a jack of all trades. Thought to Seth at the top of next hour. We'll roll into our next guest right after that. Uh, Brendan Cutie from NJ.com on the beat for the New York Yankees will join us. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to some hot takes as usual. I uh, was not here yesterday, so we will do the blind side today. Always like to do that. Ten questions. Don't know what they are, but we shall dive in. And so much more as we go here. But I, I do want to start with kind of what is the talk of the sports world now. So it's an interesting time to do this show because for the past, I was thinking about this on the way in. So let's just go through the list quickly. Last year, it was Tyler Lydon. And the year before that, it was Malachi Richardson. And the year before that, it was Chris McCullough. And the year before that, it was Tyler Ennis. And the year before that, it was Michael Carter-Williams. And the year before that, it was Deion Waiters. And the year before that, I don't believe there was anybody in the 2011 draft. And the year before that, it was kind of Wes Johnson. And Chris Joseph was in there somewhere. Oh, 2012, you had Chris Joseph and Fab Mello in there along with Deion Waiters. So that was a very busy time to follow players there. Nobody in 2011, 2010. So you get the point. This has been a routine for us this time of the year. Once the NBA Finals clear, which they did a you know in a quick fashion. Once the Stanley Cup Final is over, and they had the big parade in Washington D.C. today. Alexander Ovechkin uh, has not been sober for uh, since the moment they won the Cup. Basically, uh, it just insane. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin, ladies and gentlemen, on the greatest bender in history. The guy is drunk. Not been sober since the moment the cup was handed to him by Gary Bettman. So the Stanley Cup final is over. And yes, the U.S. Open's happening this week. And you always have good old fashioned American baseball. And you have. Certain things like there's NFL mini camps going on, and there's little tidbits there you can chew on. As Seth mentioned in the update, Lamar Jackson's getting run at different positions after all that talk about, oh, he's a quarterback and a quarterback only. Is there anything for that? And you know, you're watching the rookies. Josh Allen made some nice throws at Bill's mini camp. It's like we're really grabbing for stuff sometimes, right? But what I have been able to count on, good for Brent is the prospect of where certain Syracuse basketball players were going to go in the NBA draft. Well, we don't have that this year because Tyus Petal pulled out of the draft, which long-term, down the road, for Syracuse basketball is very good news. It makes next season so much more interesting. It stacks a position that Syracuse needs stacked. It brings back a veteran player on a team that returns now all five starters 
from a Sweet 16 team and all the narratives and everything that we have discussed since Tyus Battle returned. So it is weird to me to not care about the NBA draft this year because I don't. I mean, I'll watch it, but I am not as in deep in the NBA draft. The scout who knows probably feels very lonely right now. I should just, you know, text him and buy him an adult beverage or something just to thank him for all the insight that he's given me. But I'm so used to this pattern of debating this, and then you get the whole thing about one-and-done players and two-and-done players and where they stand. And, you know, we usually talk to Jim Beheim this time of the year, and he gives us our assessment of the players going in. It's like I, I am, I'm a creature of habit. I'm a creature of routine. And now I'm like, whoa, I've, I've got... NBA draft withdrawal. It's just weird, but here's what also it shows. What it shows is how consistent Syracuse has been being in that conversation. It's a stat I've brought up before, and it kind of comes to mind again here. Only Kentucky at 8 and Duke at 7, and those streaks will be extended this year, so it'll soon be 9 and 8. But only Kentucky and Duke have longer streaks of putting players in the first round of the NBA draft. So Syracuse's streak will end this year at six straight years because Tyus Battle is not only not only in the draft, but had he even been there, there was certainly no guarantee he was going in the first round. As a matter of fact, if I had to choose between that or him in or out, I would have said out. Kind of top end of the first round. Or pardon me, top end of the second round. So what we will kind of turn our focus to, and I wonder how much you care about this, because like it or not, we're going to get hammered with this. And that is the next destination for LeBron James. Now, I think LeBron James is going to end up in Los Angeles. I think it makes too much sense not to. But there's a lot of time to think about this. It's officially, um, how can I put this, tampering season in the NBA right now when players and agents and coaches and general managers are wink wink nudge nudging it finding back channels and ways to arrange things that they're technically not supposed to be arranging until july 1st but we know how that works now there's a legal tampering window we're not in it right now so I just think we've got to keep something in mind here with LeBron James. And I kind of laugh when I listen to the so-called experts in the NBA discuss this because they're supposed to be the experts. Like I was listening to, look, Brian Windhorst has forgotten more NBA basketball than I will ever know. But to hear Windhorst just kind of brush off certain suggestions of where LeBron James could come up is amusing to me for this reason. Go back to 2010. No one thought LeBron was going to Miami. No one. It did not really hone in. I think Stephen A. Smith had a report like that day or the day before that it was a possibility, and everybody blew him off. What are you talking about? Right? And then kind of as that show approached, remember because it was a show, Miami was on the list. But nobody really believed that. So then 2014 comes along. And LeBron, much more cloak and dagger, much more under the radar, flies on a private jet with Lee Jenkins, writes an article 
kind of a firsthand diary, if you will, that comes out on SI.com and Sports Illustrated, that he's going back to Cleveland, which again, let me remind all of us, no one saw coming, except a few insiders that kind of suggested, suggested it was possible. But when you've got the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers writing the letter that he did and the things that got said about LeBron on the way out and the burning jerseys and how that was just a bad exit, Cleveland had been brushed aside. No way he goes back there. But again, it wasn't really until we locked it down in the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so going into, and that we didn't have a deadline then. We kind of knew what the dates were, but the decision was a show. Like Jim Gray was going to interview him, and you know we knew at a certain time when he was going to announce his decision. Jim Gray, who was just inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame this weekend, and I did not run into Jim Gray, but had I run into Jim Gray in Canastota, would have been like, why did you ask 18 questions before he got to the one we all wanted to know with LeBron James? I always wanted to get that off my chest with Jim Gray. Jim Gray, who was introduced and introduced, pardon me, by Mike Tyson, which that's pretty cool. <laughs> like you, you got Mike Tyson as the guy leading the way for you. How many people in the world can say that? That's pretty darn cool. So anyway, Houston, San Antonio, L.A., Philly, Boston, those are the teams everybody talks about. And I understand that those are the teams that can make it work cap-wise, that make the most sense. LeBron James is now, when he starts playing again, will be 34 years old. He does not want to waste time. He wants to be somewhere where it's just kind of insert LeBron, compete for championships, and all of those teams fit the mold. But what about New Orleans? Is that a city LeBron James would want to live in to achieve all of the outside basketball things he would want to do? No, but Anthony Davis is there. And Drew Holiday is there. That's a pretty darn good team for LeBron to go to in the West to compete I don't think he'd go to Toronto, but if you're Toronto, how do you get over your LeBron problem? You bring in LeBron. Boston, I, I look, again, I'm not an insider here, but that hasn't mattered the last two times around. Boston makes too much sense, but Kyrie Irving kind of fled Cleveland to Boston because he didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow anymore. So I don't know if you could kind of work some egos to, hey, Kyrie, so listen, um, you know the whole thing when you left Cleveland and you wanted your own team and then we got Gordon Hayward and then, you know, you got hurt. But uh, see, there's this LeBron James guy. Heard of him? Oh, you've heard of him. Oh, yeah. So we'd like to bring him in. Like, I'm not discounting Boston as much as other people are. I wouldn't, you know, bet. You handed me $1,000 of your money and say, go bet this. I would say, I, I just can't do that to you. All I'm saying is it's June 12th. There's a lot of time for this to marinate. And the last two times, we've all been wrong. And the last two times, the lesson was what? Expect the unexpected. So, of course, that means this time he'll go right where everybody expects him to, which, again, I think is L.A. But we shall see. So that's kind of what's on the schedule as the big talker here. And we still got a few weeks to get there. So how many vacation days do I have? I need to take a look at that. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. A couple other things I want to get into. 
when we come back, including, did you see the details? You might have heard about this a couple months ago at the, yeah, a couple months ago, end of April. Somebody bid $40,000, which is money for a great cause, the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation, to go with Jim, private jet, to the NBA Finals. And it was interesting to see some of the details of that experience. I want to get into that, plus my unsolicited review of my time at the amphitheater, seeing a surprisingly great to me, because boy was I missing out, show by the Imagine Dragons. So hang in there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Gorgeous day to hang back and listen. We're glad you're here. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey now, welcome back. You know, we were just uh, talking about Jim Beheim and private planes and that uh, fun story about going to the NBA Finals. We might as well throw a basketball thing at you too, right? So uh, why don't you hit that fancy open and uh, we'll give you a little bit of that. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Jim Beheim was on the John Rothstein podcast. You know John Rothstein. Interesting character on Twitter. A reviewer of Italian restaurants, college basketball insider, humble and hungry and all sorts of uh, predictable things you get on his Twitter feed. Uh, Jim was on his podcast and said this about Elijah Hughes. It's a very interesting podcast. You should listen to the whole thing, honestly. But, you know, one of the incoming players that a lot of you and most people, honestly, have not had a look at, even media that gets to go to practice because practice isn't always, you know, open. But certainly media that's gone to practice and had that chance has seen him. But Elijah Hughes is still somewhat of a mystery to people. We know he's 6'6". We know he's good. He's offensive player. He can play both the guard and the forward. But, you know, what is it about him that he can step in and make a difference next season? Here's what Beheim told Rothstein about that. Elijah Hughes is a tremendous offensive player. He's uh, as good an offensive player at the guard spot as anybody that we've had in recent years. I mean, he can play guard, he can play small forward, he'll probably play uh, small forward for us this year at 6'6", but he's a tremendous offensive basketball player. He can shoot and he can make plays. So uh, I think these guys are going to really help us this year. So, you know, there's no discussion about where this particular player and this particular NBA draft from Syracuse is going to go. The focus is fully on next year. And with Tyus back, that's great. The guard position is stacked. But, you know, there's a couple of newcomers that could really make a big difference on this team that we haven't seen a lot of. And Elijah Hughes is one. Jalen Carey is the other. I think we kind of know the story of Buddy Beheim. We're getting to know Robert Braswell a little bit. 6'9 player, South Carolina high school, jump champion, can shoot the three, was kind of off the radar screen in terms of recruiting and the usual process of that. And does it equal a unexpected but deep run for a basketball team that, as we have said, and you know these lists come out in the preseason rankings and then they kind of cool off for a while and the end of summer comes and they pick up again depending on transfers and, and you know things that can affect 
how a season goes. Syracuse had Torian Thompson leave first day of the semester last year. Process never ends in a way. But the expectation is top 25. And it, from the likes of it, Elijah Hughes is going to add a lot to this team. That's hot. Where they need it most. Offensive play, balancing out the offense, shooting the three. It's, it's, it's amazing how this team goes from depleted to deep. On a more serious note, uh, John Frankel was on the Dan Labatard show this morning, right here on ESPN Radio. And it's a tough subject to bring up, but I think it's one we need to, especially in light of, and look, well-known people, celebrities or well-known people in another light, should not be the catalyst that gets us discussing suicide and suicide prevention and letting people know that there is help out there that they should reach out. And on that note, by the way, if you know someone who's struggling, sometimes it takes you reaching out to them. Like it's one thing to say, hey, I'm here for you, reach out, there's help for you, and that and that is certainly encouraging, and they need to know that. But sometimes you kind of have to grab them and say, no, listen, talk to me. What's the matter? I care about you. So just know that's a two-way road. But, you know, in light of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, you know, we went through this a few months ago. And we're continuing to patch the pieces together, and that's with you know our friend Chris Gedney, who unfortunately took his own life a few months ago. And you know you look at the football aspect of it, and then we found out that John Frankel from HBO's Real Sports was you know looking into it, knew Chris, was friends with him, did a terrific piece, hard to watch but necessary to watch about you know the continuing discussion about concussions and football injuries and where we're going with this. And now players are. And it's unfortunately in the case of Chris, like they, they know what's coming. They're afraid of what's coming and the unthinkable happens. And this is how they deal with it. So this is what John Frankel said this morning on the Dan Levitard show about uh, Chris's situation. You know, Chris and I last had dinner um, with his wife and a few other people from Syracuse in December. Um, so it was, it was about four months before he took his life. We had exchanged a couple of texts. The thing that always stuck with me, and Chris and I didn't talk specifics. He wouldn't say, John, I'm really struggling with this, or I had a bad day today. Um, He would say, I'm really scared for what's, what's coming down. You know, like, I don't know about my future, and I'm really uncertain, and I'm scared about it. And so he wasn't as revealing in the specifics of it um, and how he was tormented. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, I have, I've seen some footage of Chris in the last couple months of his life um, that, that was shared with me. And, and it's painful to watch and to see sort of how scrambled his mind was at times. That's John Frankel of HBO who, uh, you know, became friends with Chris uh, and really knew him as well as anybody in the last few months. And I know that might be tough for some people to hear, but I think we're at a point where, you know, it was incredible that the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, put out a study right around the time of of both Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain last week that suicide in this country is up 30 35%. All age demographics, by the way. There's certain ones where it's spiking more than others, but generally it is up 30%. And with sports, it is about the. It's not only about this because depression can affect anybody. 
you know, credit to Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, who got up there last night. I'm depressed. I have a therapist. I deal with this. There is help for you out there. It's the same thing there. So that cannot be easy to discuss, but I think it's something that needs to be. And I, I credit John Frankel for doing that. And it was a good interview that Dan Labatar did with him generally on the subject. I would encourage you to, to find that on ESPNradio.com and, and listen to the whole thing. Um, on a completely different note here in Hot Takes, so I'm actually, so I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I could do this, but I do kind of have to take a break right now. See, you know, the boys behind the scenes, Seth and intern Tommy and Max, they kind of help out with hot takes. I kind of challenge them, like, find me some topics that we'll discuss and we'll go through. We kind of go back and forth during the day and, you know, they kind of tell me what they have. Sometimes I suggest things and it goes back and forth. When it comes to LeVar Ball, what I always say to them is, all right, if you find something, put it in there. And I'll decide if I'm going to discuss it. I said, just give me the description of this. Because we're all kind of sick of LeVar Ball, right? But sometimes you can't help but look at the wreck on the side of the highway as much as you shouldn't be. Sometimes, like, you know, you're at a restaurant and a couple's fighting and you you you're trying not to interrupt them. You're trying to just pay attention. It's not in my business, but you do kind of lean a little closer to hear what they're saying. People are inherently curious about stuff like this. So here's my description. LeVar Ball says on Undisputed. So we are now combining LeVar Ball in the show that Skip Bayless is on. That Kevin Durant isn't good enough to join the big baller brand. So the question is, do I or do I not? It's only 11 seconds. All right, hit me with it. Triple B's? He ain't good enough. Whoa, 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 whoa. KD? KD. You know what Triple B's are? The ball brothers. That's enough. That's our big three. So that's so nobody else. Nobody else. I immediately regret this decision. Dumb. That's just dumb. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did that to you. I that that's on me. That's that's double thumbs on me. I I, I apologize that I actually played that clip. Kevin Durant's not Good enough for Triple B. Okay, yeah. I I I need I need a moment. I need a drink back after this. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye bye.